0: What is going on everyone? Welcome back to the RBI podcast. My name is Richie. I am your host. We have 1 month until the WBC or the World Baseball Classic. We're going to get into that a little bit today, as well as a smaller move or like a I'll explain a smaller move. Um we're going to talk about the Padres a little bit today and then to end this episode, I am going to start doing my X-factor for every team. We're starting today with the NL East. I'm going to do every division for the next 6 weeks. Can't believe we're going to episode twelve. We've been doing this for three months. I appreciate everyone that has listened so far, and uh, let's keep going. We're getting really close to baseball season. Football ends this Sunday. Basketball trade deadline I think is tomorrow. But uh, Josh Hart's and Nick, if you're a Knicks fan, there we go, Josh Hart. But besides that, um, you know, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, RBI Pod, as well as my YouTube channel. Um, I will answer your comments if, unless I start getting a ton, which I don't presume happening in that that soon. But for the time being, I will answer your comments. So if you comment, expect an answer within, within like a day from me. And yeah, so just so I can collaborate with you guys. I put up a mailbag a little late on my Instagram. So I, I'm not going to do that on this episode. But I'll put it up a little earlier next week. So hopefully I can get some questions. Um, if not, we move. But you know, enough of me talking. Let's get right into the episode. I'm going to start today with some World Baseball Classic talk. Um, we've seen news like Ronald Acuna Jr. is playing for Venezuela. So, Marte is not, for, not playing for the Dominican Republic. The official rosters get announced Thursday, I think, at 5 p.m. Some like, notable commitments I've seen, uh, like Francisco Lindor, I think, is playing for Puerto Rico. Pete Alonso is playing for the United States. I just talked about Acuna. Nestor Cortez, I believe, is playing for the United States. Like, the DR team, the Dominican Republic team, that is. It's like Vlad Jr., Christian Javier jeremy peño julio rodriguez so there's a ton of talent going to this tournament a big question that we've heard a lot about is like the timing of it but the problem with the world baseball classic is that there is no perfect timing for this and i guess right now is the least worst time because after the season no one's gonna play because the season just ended a long grind of a year Body's worn down. You, no one's going to go into a tournament and play like a second playoff almost. Especially for teams that have won the World Series or been to the playoffs and whatnot. Middle of the year, you can't really do that. They do it in hockey, but it's tougher in baseball because baseball is such a long season. You can't really afford to lose like a two-week stretch where like guys aren't playing for your team, basically. And like right March is probably the best time, I would say. There's always the risk of getting hurt, but guys can get hurt in spring training as well. Like, I'm a Mets fan. I think there's 12 Mets going or something like that. I don't want them getting hurt. But, you know, it's their right to go. I also see both sides. I get why some organizations limit guys from going. Like, the Yankees aren't sending Severino. I am very surprised at the Braves for sending Acuna just because of his injury history. And, like, he's coming off a torn ACL. He looked, like, a little off last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, came out limited this year. Because the tourney CL is tough. I'm just... I'm very surprised that they're sending him... Um, like, Kodai Senga for the Mets isn't pitching for Japan. Oh, I forgot about Mike Trout. He's going. The best player in baseball. Here we go. So, it's an interesting discourse that we hear about... Like, the pride for your country, I think, is great. I think it's cool to watch, like, that competitive baseball in March. Because... Let's be honest, spring training is cool and all, but after the fifth inning of game one, we're already itching for the season to start. And World Baseball Classic gets us real baseball right away, and it's televised. So, like, I, unless you have YouTube TV, I saw the whole MLB Network thing cut ties at YouTube TV. I have news for you, and this isn't like me breaking anything. That sounds like a contract dispute, and they're trying to work something out, or MLB Network is going to a different streaming service, so I'm not like, I don't know anything, like, I'm just saying, be on the lookout for that, if you have YouTube TV, they might be going to a different streaming service, that would be my assumption, just because it would be weird, um, to not go to one, in my opinion, just because of the, uh, the nature of the way people consume content and TV nowadays, but if you have cable, it's it's still on cable, I, I love the channel, there's so many good Good shows on. They're just talking about. They have their top 100 list on right now, and they're going to be televising some games. I'm sure like FS1 might have some games. Don't quote me on that, but it's just cool because it's it's like playoff baseball in March basically, and we're getting it now this year. I like I said. I see both sides. I get like why Brian Snicker wouldn't want uh, Ronald Cunha Jr. going. I get why. The Angels wouldn't want Shohei Otani going. I get why the Yankees wouldn't want Aaron Judge going after a fat contract. I, like, I think the Mets aren't sending... Like, I don't think they're not sending Sterling Marte, but I think they're, like, advising him not to go. The Yankees told Severino not to go, or, like, Mutual. The um the Mariners told, I think, Luis Castillo not to go. So, we've seen this happen before. The teams are still loaded. I like, like, the, the lesser... I guess the lesser-stacked like countries that get these like really good players. Like I, I I'm pretty sure Jash Chisholm's playing for the Great Britain, which is pretty cool. Matt Brash is playing for Canada. Um, I think Lars Newbar is playing for Japan. Don't quote me on that. It's him or Tommy edmund or both. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But that's pretty cool too. I saw Christian Yellow which was like eligible to play for Team Japan it's just it's it's playoff baseball in march and i feel like as baseball fans that gets us like through the itch of spring training a little quicker because spring training is very long and very tedious and very boring after a while because we see like the starters play then you see the top prospects that your team has then you get into the the latter things it's like the super young guys like the non the the nris the non-roster invitees and that's when it starts to get boring but like i said like we get World Baseball Classic televised on MLB Network and probably a lot of other places. I think it's on all day, so if you're off from work or it's a weekend, you can watch it. If you're a baseball fan, you have no like it's it's such a good product. It's just it's it stinks that like there's not really that perfect time to do it. But in my opinion, if you're going to do it, March is probably the most best time. And they also go into warmer climates. Like they'll go to Florida. They go to Arizona, I believe. My friends actually going to Miami to watch. Um, Puerto Rico and Dominican play which I don't know what pool that is So i'm not gonna do some crazy predictions for this tournament. I'm not going to do some like Analysis on the tournament I'll follow it. I'll react to some games on this podcast But um, like we're gearing up for the mlb season just like the teams, but just like the teams We're gonna talk about some world baseball classic or have the world baseball classic as teams so be be prepared for that in future episodes. I'm personally rooting for team USA just because like I'm, I'm from the United States of America, but like you you're not a baseball fan, I feel like if you're not looking at the Dominican Republic team, the Puerto Rican team, the Venezuelan team, the Jap- the Japanese team this year because of like Otani and like I said Lars Nootbaar, and apparently Otani said he's not even the best player on that team, which I find that hard to believe. But anyway, You're not a baseball fan if you're not watching that and going, wow, that's a really good product because those are like all-star teams. And like I said, I'm going to root for the United States, but I just want to see like competitive, fun, prideful baseball and those other teams bring that. And that's going to be a blast to watch. And I hope that you pray everyone stays healthy, obviously, and I just hope that it's a really fun tournament and it gears us up for what should be a very fun baseball season with all the rule changes and some big-time players moving on. I really hope that this, like, kickstarts the 2023 MLB season. Just to throw in some news before I talk about the Padres, uh, Bo Bichette got a three-year extension, but it's an arbitration deal, basically, which means they buy out his arbitration, which be prepared to see more of this in the future. In the last CBA, they figured out some logistics and numbers to... Get these guys paid early, meaning like their arbitration numbers are higher based on performance. It used to be a little different and you wouldn't get paid as much. That's why you're seeing like Pete Alonso and Vladimir Guerrero making record numbers for arbitration because like the numbers are going to be different from now on. Excuse me. I like this, but like I said, be prepared for these extensions early, like the Braves have been doing so you don't have to go to these arbitrators and these court rulings and all these things, because like, Luis Arias had to go to one with the Marlins, and I'm thinking in my head, I know that they can't set the number, the Marl the um twins set the number, which I think is stupid that Marlins should be able to resubmit, but imagine going into an arbitration hearing with a guy that you just traded for, and they're telling you every reason why you don't deserve your money, it's like, why'd you trade for me then, like, I don't know exactly if the players are in the the courtroom or the the whatever room. They, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know, or if it's just the if it's just the agency and the agents and the um the arbitrator and obviously the team. I don't know, but it's just a crazy scenario to me that I was thinking about when I saw that Arias, his case finished. I'm not sure if he won or lost it, but regardless, it's closed now. But like I said, we're going to some start seeing like the Spencer Strider deal, the Michael Harris deal. Everyone flipped out about those deals like, oh, they're here to stay. No, well, Spencer Strider is under a six-year contract with arbitrative numbers. Ar- arbitrated arbitrated numbers, I guess would be the term. Meaning, he has a six-year contract. He doesn't know what his value is yet because he hasn't played those years. With the extension, he now gets a obvious and flat value. I think that's what the mistaken thing. like Michael Harris, it's basically a two-year contract because... He was a rookie. He got an eight year contract. You play the first six years of your rookie deal, then you hit free agency. So imagine in six years from now, he's free agency, gets a two year extension from the Braves. That's basically what they did. They also avoided the headache of the arbitration and the problem they're having with Max Fried right now. I'm pretty sure Fried lost his case. Uh, And not a great thing going into free agency if you're the Braves and Max Fried, but. These these are the reasons they do these deals, so you don't have to deal with that, and almost like you don't want to tarnish your relationship with the player. We thought that happened with Aaron Judge last year because they came to an agreement on arbitration. It they almost went to the hear, the um the hearing in the court because last year because of lockouts and CBAs and all that garbage. It um they went into the season with the arbitration like hearings some players like didn't have contracts until like May or June and he was one of those players they asked him afterwards does this change anything for your extension he said no 12 months later or whatever 10 months later and he's a New York Yankee for the rest of his career so not a big deal at the end of the day but it can show you what can happen like I said Bichette good player I think I he's in my top 10 shortstops that video will be coming out soon I'm just trying to figure out how to exactly go about it do I want to just break down MLB Network's top 10s? Do I want to compare mine in them? Because I agreed with a lot of them. There were some players that I was very surprised were left off. But the Shredder, I don't, I don't know if the Shredder is a real person. But they usually get it right. And then sometimes I'm confused. But, you know, an opinion's an opinion, even if it's the Shredder. <laughs> you know, it's just... Bo is a, a good player and... You don't want to deal with these kind of things with a player like him because if you want to extend him past this, like a Vlad Jr., you have to keep that relationship good. You don't want to lose that with a player because teams will want a guy like Bo Teams will want a guy for Vlad Jr. for more value than the Blue Jays would probably give him just based on the fact that he's on their team already. And like I keep saying, we're going to see this again. I don't know who the next player is going to be. Thought maybe be, it might be like Alonzo or like a Vlad Jr. Like I like I keep saying those two guys, but it doesn't look likely for both. I think they're both going to get closer to free agency than not. But uh, something to look out for in the future. And congrats to Bobuchet three-year contract. Don't even know the the details of the contract. I just know that it bought out his arbitration. So last week I saw a lot of teams had their fan fest or fanfare I'm not sure like what the correct term is, but it's pretty cool. Like, you, fans go on the field, sign some the monographs. There's players that, like, people, like fans get to ask them questions. I think that's pretty cool. The uh, the Giants had one. I saw the Padres had a massive one. And it's we saw a picture with Machado, Bogart, Soto, and Tatis. And it kind of reminds us how loaded this team is. And it feels a little weird because they probably should be division favorites this year with... Those four guys in your lineup, like, Tatis is only missing 20 games. Pictured in that was not even, like, Jake Cronenworth, Haesung Kim, Trent Grisham should bounce back. Like, they, I think they signed Nelson Cruz, their pitchers, Josh Hader. Like, they have a loaded roster and should be heavy division favorites, but for some reason they won't be. And we've seen, we saw Tatis say, I'm cool with any position, I just want to win. Saying all the right things, and you're supposed to say all the right things. If feel I talked about this on my basketball podcast that I that I'm I used to do with my friend Rob. With Kyrie Irving, before the season, we we heard him say all the right things. It's easy to say when you're on a clean slate and nothing's gone wrong yet. For the Padres last year, Tatis wasn't there, and I don't say everything went right, but they had a good season. They went to the NLCS. He's there, he can say all he wants, he doesn't care about his position and all that stuff. Until the season starts, say things start to go a little south, a little bit, not crazy. How is he going to react? I'm not saying he's going to react bad, but like I said, we've seen this in the past. Maybe not teams as loaded as this, but we've seen players turn and things go south fast. He's going to have to, specifically, he's going to have to really accept his role because, let's be honest, he doesn't really have that much leverage when it comes to like a team standpoint. After the steroids, the motorcycle, just all these things that he's brought to his attention that are not baseball-related. Case in point, the San Diego Padres are loaded. I'm probably going to pick them to win the division, but stay tuned for that in uh, six weeks. It's just, they're a really loaded roster. It just felt a little... I don't want to say like the Brooklyn Nets when it was like, oh, who's beating Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. But the the picture of the four stars really brought me to that. I'm just trusting the Padres to be better than that and to live up to expectations. I'm not saying win a World Series because winning a World Series is like not impossible to do, but one team does it. Just be a dominant team, be a consistent dominant team like you're supposed to be. Manny Machado might not be there after this year. Juan Soto might be on the, uh, on the clock because he's unknown if he's going to the sign there. Who knows with Fernando Tatis Jr.? I saw Greg Amsinger say on MV Network, maybe him to the Mariners if things go south. That's a little out there, but I that'd be cool. <laughs> Let's be honest, that'd be really cool. It's just for them to live up to expectations, they have to deal with failure better than they have in the past. We saw two years ago, Tatis and Machado fighting the dugout we've seen um yeah basically that was it basically and they didn't make the playoffs two years ago and they were like picked to dethrone the the Dodgers and that was the Giants year I believe it's just it's such a good roster that needs to live up to expectations or I feel like changes are going to happen and players are going to start leaving but this is their year like teams go all in like I, I keep referencing other sports but like the NFL, Jalen Hurts, the Eagles, this is their all-in season because they have a ton of free agents, not saying they can't be good next year, but this is the year that they put all their chips in the middle, the Padres are doing the same exact thing, C.J. Abrams, prospect gone, Mackenzie Gore, prospect gone, uh, Robert Hassel, prospect gone, like all these star prospects are gone because they traded for Juan Soto, and they traded for Josh Hader, and they signed Xander Bogarts, like they have these, like so many studs, and this is the the baseball way of going all-in. We'll see if they get it done. I don't know if they do. I, I have to think about that one. But for now, they should be in the mix. But for, they should win 100 games. Like, no problem. Things are going to happen. Injuries are going to happen. But they even have depth on their roster. Where, like I said, with have got like Cronenworth and Kim. And those guys are like, I don't want to call them all-stars, but pretty damn good players. So San Diego Padres, get, get it done. Um... Don't get in your own way, basically. That's what I'm saying about this team. Just stay out of your own way. Okay, to end this episode, I'm going to start my X-Factors. I got the teams right uh, right there. There you go. Phillies, Marlins, Nationals, Braves, Mets. And just going to name one X-Factor for every team. Explain it a little bit. And just why they're X-Factors and where they can go because of this player there's going to be different reasons like obviously the nationals and marlins are going to be different than the mets braves and phillies just based off of their expectations and what their goals are for 2023 um the x factor it could be taken a different a couple different ways like i have a couple of veteran guys here a couple of young guys here a couple of almost perennial all-star guys here and basically my definition of x factor is I'm never going to really put that superstar because obviously you need him to be successful, but it's the guy that's, if it's, you're successful, can take you to a level you weren't expected to be at or a level that you want to be at. And there were little to no expectations for this guy or someone's replacing someone hint, hint, or a young guy stepping into a different role, hint, hint. So we're going to see um who these x-factors are and we're going to start off with the philadelphia phillies and it is taiwan walker taiwan walker was a pitcher for the mets sorry i couldn't find him in a philly uniform the reason why i have him as the x-factor because this team doesn't really have young players outside of bryce and stott but there's not a lot of pressure on him as a second baseman because they have trey turner eventually bryce harper Nick Cassianos, Kyle Schwarber, JT Villamuto, Reese Hoskins, Alec Bohm. So their entire infield is veteran guys or at least third, fourth year guys, like a guy like Bohm. And Stotts got no pressure. Taiwan Walker is kind of replacing that Zach Eflin role. And Zach Eflin was a massive reason in their playoff success last year. I think Ranger Suarez has kind of creeped into that. like It's the obvious top three for them, which is, well, uh, not Walker, Wheeler, Nola, and F and um Rangers Suarez, Zach Eflin was that other guy, and he's gone now. Tywin Walker kind of takes that spot. If he pitches well, this team can go far. I don't know. I don't know what his expectation is for this team, where they have him slot in the rotation. But having a quality fourth starter, obviously, it's not more important than having an ace. But it lengthens your team so much because. You call like your A stage your win days. Like you win on Wheeler Day. You win on Nola Day. Then you get to three, four, five. It's like, all right, hopefully you win one of those three, or if you're lucky, two of those three. Pick up Wheeler or Nola if they have a tough outing. If Walker could be stable as the four starter, it turns into more of a win day than a lose day. And he is so pivotal because this can either be a phenomenal move for the Phillies or an awful move for the Phillies. And it just all depends on if he can keep the ball down with his sinker and use his stuff well. Because if he starts giving up hard contact, the ball is going to fly out of Philly. Their infield defense is already spotty. You don't want hard contact all over the field where there's a chance where they can make mistakes. That being said, there's not a lot of pressure on him. But the reason why he's an X factor is because if he is really good, if he is what he was, like the all-star he was with the Mets, then the ceiling for the Phillies just goes that much higher. They can win 100 games if this guy pitches really well. And I don't deny that at all because, like I keep saying, Wheeler and Noah is one of the top two duos in, in baseball. Ranger Suarez is one of the better threes in baseball. They've done a great job of adding talent. Trey Turner, like, that, that's a star player. Bryce Harper is going to be back. Like, there's so much talent on this team. So, obviously, those guys are expected to play well. Talon Walker is not in those expectations type of thing. But he's a player that can really get you over the top if you get something that you weren't expecting out of him. Next up, we got the Miami Marlins. For this one, it was tough to go. I was going to go JJ Bladay, but with a team that doesn't have that many expectations, I didn't want to go with a young player because over the top for them is like not much. So I went with Jazz Chisholm Jr. It's a little boring, but my takeaway with his X Factor is that he hasn't put together a full season yet as a superstar. And I feel like if he does, it can help the Marlins identify a lot about their team. And you can start building around him. He might be one of those guys that gets that contract if he can stay healthy and have a really good year. Like, I think he had 14 home runs at like 50 games last or Something insane like that. We talked about Chisholm a lot last week for video games. But as an actual baseball player, Jazz Chisholm is a really good baseball player who I said last week as well, on the brink of stardom, he just has to stay healthy. And that's very important in baseball and all sports, obviously. It's just the Marlins don't have a weird team. And I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, obviously. I don't think they're going to win many games. But if he plays like a superstar, you can start to figure out what you need to build around this guy. And that's my main, main reason why he's my X Factor. Other than that, like I wasn't going to go with like a Joey Wendell. I could have went with like El Garcia because... He had an awful year last year, but he's known to be a pretty good player. Pitching wise, like they're they're known for their pitching, so no guy's really going to be an X Factor because they've pitched well in the past and still not won games. Jazz Chisholm has yet to put together a full star season yet. I expect him to if he stays healthy, and that is probably my genuine reason why he's my X Factor. For the Nationals, um This is a, a big one because like we talked about Jazz Chisholm. The direction of their team might fall solely on the shoulders of Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray was in the trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from the Dodgers a couple years ago, as well as Kiebert Ruiz. Gray has been good, not great, or decent, not good. Give up a lot of home runs, but he's got good stuff. They also got Mackenzie Gore in there, so they got some young pitching to deal with. The Corbin and Strasburg contracts continue to kill the Nationals, and it's a shame because they are probably the two worst contracts in baseball. My point with Gray here is you were traded for two, like one lock Hall of Famer in Max Scherzer and one Hall, not Hall of Famer, but all-star level player chance to be Hall of Famer in Trey Turner. And you haven't showed why you were that big-time prospect yet, and the Nationals need to see that. Because it would also help them stomach the contracts of Strasburg and Corbin a lot more. I didn't put Gore here because he hasn't... I don't think he's ever pitched for the Nationals yet. I think he was hurt all last year. Josiah Gray has shown Nationals, like coaches and front office members, like what he's got. And he needs to take that big step so they can kind of see what he's going to be. like. We saw with the Royals with Brady Singer. I don't know if they're not similar pitchers. But it's similar in the fact that they're a young guy on a bad team. And the team needs to see more out of them pitching. We need to see it eventually with Casey Mize when he comes back for the Tigers. But Josiah Gray, like like I said, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be a good team. They might be the worst team in the National League. But his growth will be so huge for the Nationals. And if he doesn't, it looks kind of bad because you traded two real, like, really, really good players. Like elite players for him. And obviously, Kiebert Ruiz, but because he's a pitcher, he's kind of more known in a weird way like that. I guess maybe because he was traded for a pitcher, but Josiah Gray, his expectations aren't high because the team's not going to be good. But he needs to show something or it's going to get weird fast, I would say, even though the Nationals still have him under control. But then they, like I said, they can't go out and sign a big time arm. they're, They're banking on him being the ace is basically what I'm trying to say. And if not, then I don't know what they're going to do. Next up, we have the Atlanta Braves, who had a decent offseason, but they lost Dan Swanson. They lost William Contreras, but they replaced him with Sean Murphy. And because of the Swanson loss, my X-factor is Vaughn Grissom, who is now playing shortstop, who we keep hearing about working with Ron Washington. Vaughn Grissom, I don't think people are... People are underestimating the loss of Danzig Swanson because he doesn't have the massive stats, the biggest the biggest home runs, the highest batting average, highest OPS, but he plays shortstop literally every day. He's missed two games in three years. He's he won he's a defensive wizard, he won gold glove. And Vungerson didn't play a lot of shortstop last year. Like obviously, because Swanson was there. He played a lot of second when Albies went down. And that transition is tough. Like playing shortstop is a lot different than playing second. We told we've heard. Oh well, they lost Freddie Freeman. Yeah, they also traded for Matt Olson, who is a solidified all star player. Vaughn Grissom is stepping into Dancy Swanson's spot. He's not a solidified all star yet. Can he be hundred percent? But he's not at that level yet. And I'm just I'm I don't know if the Braves need to. I, mean, I don't know if they need a shortstop. Like it might be Grissom, it might not be, but they're going to roll with him which I think shortstop is such a core position. It's tough that they're doing this, but on their corners, they have Riley and Olsen. Center they have Harris, who I expect to have a big year. Sean Murphy's really good. So they have talent around him. It's not the same as the Phillies, I would say, because it is such a prestigious position. Bryson Stott was moving, is moving off of a prestigious position because they got a star player. The Braves lost of in, an, an, in theory, star player for Von Grissom. And those are big shoes to fill, especially with shortstop and Swanson as a leader. And we'll see if he can do it. The, the Braves should be fine regardless, but I think if he's really good, it could take them to that World Series level. And they're going to need it, obviously, for for them to get the back, back to where they were in 2021. For the Mets, um, a lot of Mets fans are probably yelling at the screen right now like a bunch of guys, but I think... I don't think it's a consensus who the X Factor is, but last year the Mets lacked power, and they can get it out of Francisco Alvarez. I don't know if Alvarez is starting the year with the team, but he will be there eventually. And if he's that 35 homer bat, 40 homer bat, 30 homer bat next to Pete Alonso, you don't have to trade for a power player. You don't have to trade for that slugger because he's right there in front of you. The Mets catching offensively hasn't been good since 2019, Wilson Ramos. And he wasn't a power hitter. But Alvarez is the number one prospect for a reason. He was right up there with Rutschman. And he's right there with um, Corbin Carroll. And he's right up there with Gunnar Henderson. He's right there. And we hear about all these guys, even Alvarez. It is so important. I'm not saying the Mets will, like the Braves, will be good regardless of what Francisco Alvarez and Ron Grissom do. They, they are equipped to do that. But if they want to win the World Series, they need something out of him. I don't picture him being a high average guy, especially not right away, but he's going to hit for a lot of power if he's good. And wow, because Ed, a power bat to a very concept-oriented lineup, guys like uh, Matt, Mana. Canna, Marte, Nimmo, McNeil... Then you add, like, Vogelbach's kind of a power guy, kind of, Alonso's your power bat, Alvarez would be a power bat next to Alonso, and then Landura's the whole package. That lineup would be very scary and very deep if you add a guy that can have the power potential that Francisco Alvarez does have. And I don't think, I think that's what Mets fans are banking on, which is kind of a lot of pressure. But Alvarez, he showed his power last year, he hit one home run at the end of the year, like when the games meant nothing. Going into the playoffs. We'll see what he could do, but for now, he is, I think, going to start the year in AAA. What hurts him right now is that he's a catcher, and catcher is such a defensive-oriented position. So I don't know what's going to happen there. They have they have like Narvaez, they have Nito, they have I think Michael Perez as well with the minors, but defensively he's behind those guys, but his power potential is miles ahead of any of those guys combined. So I think that's what's going to get him to the big leagues faster than people think. Unless he has a six-spring training, then you have to start him in the big leagues like they did with Pete Alonso in 2019. But Francisco Alvarez is the X-Factor of the New York Mets. Okay, so that's all I got today. A little bit of a shorter episode, but I appreciate you guys listening. Follow me below on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm finally getting it right. There we go. Getting close. Um, YouTube, subscribe at RBI Podcast. You know where to find me. Going to hold off on those football videos I was going to t- going to do last week until after the Super Bowl. I know it sounds weird, but I want they're more of an off season type of video. Don't have much to say about the Super Bowl. I was going to do maybe a, a uh, like a prediction type preview video, but I don't really want to, so I'm not I'm g- not going to. But expect something about like the quarterbacks next week, maybe or two weeks from now. Um, like I said, expect maybe in the next coming days of the uh me comparing my rankings i'm not going to compare a top 100 because i don't have a top 100 i have top 10s for every position i'll make one for relief pitchers as well so thank you guys for listening so much i appreciate it so so much and we're getting closer i think we're 50 days away so 50 50 days until we get major league baseball every day until like october or november and i can't wait for that right now let's just embrace what we got Let's get excited, we're getting closer, and I will see you guys next week. Peace out.